Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All games, all season, exclusively on the Oilers Radio Network. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chairs. Larson bumped hard, dry subtle, pushed the long ice for Zach Cassian, swung it ahead, McCabe a breakaway, backhander score, five hole. Beautiful goal, and Connor McDavid ended up in an unlikely embrace with a referee. Well, the Oilers embrace victory finally for the first time since December 14th as they knock off the Arizona Coyotes 3-1 and they end that ugly six-game losing streak. Connor McDavid with two goals and an assist. Leon Dreisaitl with a goal and an assist. He also won 21 out of 27 face-offs for 78%. And Miko Koskinen steady in net, making 29 saves. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 10:23. Oilers Hockey presents by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Well, Rob, the offensive story uh, doesn't really change because it's the big guys who continue to provide the offense, but only one goal against tonight, and the Oilers finally snap this slump. Yeah, if you look at Dreisaitl and McDavid, it was consistent what we've seen from them all season long. They were stars on the ice. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes don't have a whole lot that they can throw out there against them. There's other teams that'll have a, a good pair or a, a top three up front that it can try and shut them down defensively. Ekman Larson is by, a man on an island by himself trying to stop those two and was unable to tonight as they created all three goals. But what, the difference in tonight's game is what we've seen in the last six was the role players tonight. Uh, as Hitch said, too much risk in their games and not enough reward. So he wanted them to calm down, start playing simple hockey. And tonight they did that. It was a much better effort. There were still some blips in the game. It wasn't uh, a perfect game, but it was a good road game, and they got the two points they desperately needed. Yeah, and, you know, beating a team, obviously, that, that has had a lot of struggles this season as, as well. You know, interesting here for the Oilers, if we just look at the last two games, they play the Winnipeg Jets, mm-hmm. and again, Drysdale and McDavid do the scoring. They they hung in the game, lost on a, on a relatively late goal by one of the Jets' depth players. And, you know, the Jets have more depth, and, and as we've seen here, Rob, and as we watch games throughout the season, there will always be a time in a game where one team carries the play. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it's brief, maybe sometimes it's extended. And the Oilers were outshot 16-7 in the first period tonight. We've seen that too often lately. A team get up there 15, 16, 17 shots in a period. Well, Tampa Bay does that, score three in a period. Arizona doesn't have the same type of firepower, plus Koskin was steady. So where we've seen periods where the Oilers haven't played well, given up a ton of shots, and been outscored 3 nothing, 4-1 in a period, but Arizona couldn't couldn't pull away early tonight. Yeah, the, the Oilers had a bad period against a, a below-average hockey club. If they would have had that first period against 
you know, Anaheim, L.A., San Jose, they would have been behind in the game by more than what they were. So, uh, But they needed a goaltender to make some saves, and that's what they got tonight from Koskinen. A uh, couple big saves in the third period. Arizona did have some pressure. They, they created some opportunities. The Oilers made a few mistakes. We saw Caleb Jones get walked at the blue line late in the game and uh, created an, a goal-scoring chance for Arizona. But when they needed a save tonight, Koskinen was there. And what they rode two years ago to a playoff appearance was great goaltending and their star player being a star. And tonight what they got, they got great goaltending and their star player was a star. Yeah, good game for Koskinen, absolutely. And and like the, the, the team, he's had some rough patches over the last couple of weeks. Obviously the first period in Vancouver, the, the low point of the year for him. And then, you know, against uh, Winnipeg, I didn't think he played bad, but didn't make the stops. Made the stops tonight. And, and watching him... Tonight, Rob, I, I know in, in the preseason and leading into the season, you know, you're talking to people trying to find out a little more information about him. And a couple people said to me, his his legs are good, his feet are good. He has trouble sometimes catching the puck and hanging on to it. But I thought he was excellent with that tonight, getting whistles. And there were a couple screenshots, first and second period especially, where they, they didn't look like fancy saves or difficult saves and then you saw the replay and and you even commented a couple times oh man like that was tougher than it looked caught the puck clean save made it look easy no trouble yeah he looked in control tonight he looked calm uh he wasn't swimming much uh he 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 swallowed the puck like they need him to swallow it he he took whistles at the right times uh, it was it was what we saw earlier in the season from Koskinen the last few weren't the strength or weren't as good as it had been but they needed a solid effort now having said that it was an Arizona team with nobody that's going to scare you offensively and this is a game that the Oilers if looking at the lineup should win and they came in and did it so they got the two points that they figured that they should get and now they move on for the rest of this road trip, which is a very important road trip for the Oilers. Yeah, more games in the division, and the Oilers now 19-18-3 on the season. The next game is going to mark the halfway point of the year. They're not in a playoff spot. They're uh, they're, they're still in it, but it, it, it's dangerous here if they have another, another big slide. And you look at playing a team like Arizona, well, they still have three meetings against. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't suggest that... You know, you 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 have to sweep a season series against the team, and that's I think that'd be arrogant to say that mm-hmm. because every team, anybody can beat anybody. But if you look at four games against Arizona, if you're, if you're going to stay around here, you, I mean, you got to get six out of those eight. Well, it's a team that you would hope would be behind you in the standings as the season progresses. Um, I don't think anyone thought that Arizona would be a playoff team this year, and then you add the fact that they the Oilers think they have injuries. Well, Arizona will argue that theirs are worse is they've got five or six top players out, including their star goaltender, and long-term injuries. They will be better the next time the Oilers play them because they'll probably be healthier. Um, But yeah, these teams that are behind you in the standings, you must win or must have a very good winning percentage against. Those are the points that you put in the bank, and then you start looking at teams ahead of you and try and reel them in. This It's funny, this this four-game road trip, if the Oilers go 2-2, and it's an okay road trip. 
but that's only if they win the right two games. And you and I talked about it before. If they win the first two games against L.A. and Arizona, that's good. But if they drop the next two against San Jose and Anaheim, well, I, you'd rather flip-flop them because those are the teams that you're chasing. L.A. is not going to be a playoff team. Arizona is not going to be a playoff team. You're chasing San Jose, and you're chasing Anaheim. Those are going to be the big games. You want to get points in the bank. you got two tonight. L.A. is the next one. They will. It actually, as this, game, this road trip moves, you're going up a weight class each time. Arizona yeah, is probably point. the weakest team. L.A. is a bit better. Anaheim, and then you've ended off with... A Western Conference power in San Jose. Oilers win 3-1 over the Coyotes. Two goals and an assist for Connor McDavid. One goal and an assist and a huge night in the face-off circle for this man, Leon Dreisaitl. It's huge. Um, you thought our whole lineup was uh, very effective, um, very good tonight, and um, you know it was a step in the right direction. And uh, we started that last uh, last night, and um, yeah, another good uh, good step in the right direction. Uh, sorry. sorry, it's not easy to reverse the flow. When, when things aren't going great for you guys, but after that first period, you kind of turned it around uh, in the second and third and sort of really took control. Yeah, we. Uh, I thought we took over. Um, uh, you know, obviously we didn't really have our legs. I thought in, in the first period, and then um, you know we got our legs. <coughs> sorry, uh, under us and. Um, and uh, started playing the way we can. Um, you know, it was a pretty effective game. Leon, it obviously wasn't the first period you wanted, but just maybe talk about Miko Koskinen's role in keeping the team in it and making some pretty big stops. For you. Yeah, he was uh, he was huge again. Um, you know, our, our goaltenders. Uh, really haven't been the problem uh, this year so um, he, he played uh, really good tonight, he gave us a chance to win and um, yeah, that's really all you can ask for, ask for from a goalie You and Connor are going lights out I mean it's, uh, it's crazy the amount of goals you guys have put up over the last few games are you just feeling it? <laughs> yeah I mean I think as, as offensive players you um, you know you have stretches where you probably feel it a little more I think every offensive player has that in this league um uh, so, you know, this is a good stretch, but uh, we need to make sure we keep this going and, um, you know, help this team uh, win as many games as possible uh, until until the end of the year. You know, maybe Chase on might be back Saturday and Russell's getting a little bit closer. And do you guys sort of feel that this might be turning the other way because you guys, when you get hot, you can kind of stay hot? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, obviously those guys, they, they hurt us. Uh, it's no secret. Um, you know, they're top, top guys and... Um, you know they they bring so much value to our, to our team and um, you know hopefully uh, they'll be they'll be back as, as soon as possible. There's Leon Dreisaitl, 22nd goal of the season tonight. He has scored in five straight, helping the Edmonton Oilers beat the Arizona Coyotes 3-1 as the Oilers end this ugly six-game losing streak, and they go to 19-18-3 and on the season. You can reach us at 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. Text here from Yaz, who says, Hey, Rob, wondering what you think of Jesse Pugliarvi. Very frustrated watching him. Never takes the puck to the net, and it looks like in the defensive zone, Nuge has to do his own coverage as well as Pugliarvi's. Oh, it, it's funny he says that because that's one of the things that we noticed a lot tonight, that uh, he would come down the wing with the puck on his stick and you think, all right, all you're hoping, like, lower your shoulder, drive the net, but it's an outside shot. And you, you just don't score in the National Hockey League with an outside shot. And he, Pugliarvi, he's got an okay shot, but he doesn't have a great shot. A big man who can skate like that, you want him driving the net as much as he can now. He's not going to win every race to the net. But if he does 10, twice he might get to the net. Two other times he might draw a penalty. But you're not scoring from the outside. You're creating nothing. And one of the reasons that Ryan Nugent Hopkins is playing with him 
is because he is so good in his own end. He is making up for for any lapses that uh, Pugliarvi will have. So there's a method to the madness with Ken Hitchcock. He's putting R&H there to help in the defensive areas that Pugliarvi struggles with. All right, Oilers win 3-1 in Arizona. We have Gary on the line. Gary, thanks a lot for calling. Thank you very much. Uh, Reed and Rob, I'm just going to ask a couple of questions. Regarding our defense, we get uh, Petrovic and then we get Manning. Mm -hmm. And now we've got Caleb Jones, and I thought Caleb Jones really played well tonight. And he's really probably our fifth defenseman right now. But what I was going to ask is why would we, or Peter Shirelli, trade for a couple of defensemen when we've got, we're going to have an abundance of defense, and the whole that we really need to, to, to fill are the right wing slots or the left wing shots or get some scoring on the team. Is that because no one wants to trade forwards or what are we going to do with all these defensemen uh, when we get these other players back? Yeah, well, good, good question for sure because, uh, and again, we talked about this a lot on, uh, when was the last game? Monday. The, the Petrovich deal, sorry, Petrovich deal, uh, made sense to me. Um, the the Manning one was a little more questionable, especially since you, you gave up a guy who at least scored every once in a while. Well, that and the fact that Petrovic is a free agent at season's end. If it doesn't work out with him, he can walk, walk away. away. No problem. And I like the fact they brought him in, too. Manning's got another year at two and a half million or two point something million. Uh, I didn't understand that less. one. Yeah, yeah, and that's what. But I mean, he's not as important in the lineup right now. Now, you, I, I would still think eventually Jones would probably go down. If once now, Clefbon's probably still a month away. So let's say Russell and so is Sekra. Oh, at least yes. Yeah, I mean the Sekra is more questionable. I think as we go along. Mm. Okay, so if Russell is activated, I mean it's always next game, next game. It's going to be soon. Would you think if Russell comes back? Manning would get scratched for the time being. I would think so. Yep. Okay. Well, it'd be it'd be Manning or Benning. Just watching oh, the way right, Hitch, right, the watching yeah. the way Hitch runs. I would I would think it would be Manning. I think, yeah, yeah, that would be my guess. Jones would stay in for the time being. For the time being, when Clefbaum came. Now, obviously, this is all. There could be so many other oh, things sure. that could happen before that. But if you were, if honestly, if you were going by who Hitch uses and how he uses them, Jones would be in ahead of both Manning and. Benning, when everyone is healthy, and then they have decisions to make. Yeah, so I agree with the caller. I I didn't understand the Manning move when they made it. Um, and, and we're not and we're not trying to disparage the player. No, absolutely I mean, he, not. He has a he has a, a skill set. He plays. Yeah. You know, he played just, fourteen minutes tonight. Okay. But he's but he's a, a number seven defenseman mm-hmm. who's got another year left on his contract. And as the caller said, you traded away. Now kajula has got warts in his game. He does, but he's got try and. I just he's a he's a depth forward that the Oilers I think are going to need at some point. So yeah, now Benning didn't play a lot. He played twelve sixteen, and that's been back to back games. So Petros played almost twenty two. Yeah. So what happened is there he's leaning on Hitch is leaning on Petrovich more than he did on Benning. Yeah. So that's why you're saying Russell can play either side. Yeah, and well, that's why it'll be Manning and Benning. The way Hitch is coaching would be the two guys that would come out if two defensemen came back. Right, and Gravel is a, a scratch as well, so he's 
Yeah, which is I'm which fine, is too bad I'm because fine with Gravel rotating in. Yeah, I agree. Way, I thought Gravel played well in the games that he played. I, again, I don't. A lot of the, the the struggles that the others have had as of late, it's not all on their defense and, and the the injuries they've had. The fact that they cannot score outside of their top three players is just as important as the number of in or the the man games lost with injuries with Clefbaum and Russell being out. Yeah, yeah. So, and again, if everybody's healthy. You'd have to send a defenseman, so you could you could send Jones down because that's easy to do because he's on his ELC, or you could waive Manning. Yeah. And if he's not claimed, then you put him in the minors and leave Jones up, and you're still that, carrying eight D. That's going to happen before. I I don't see Hitch. I think Hitch will go to the management and say, "I like this Jones kid. I like what he does." And imagine Jones too in a third pairing. With the way now, this again, it's uh, it's like the new shiny uh, the team, object. The team is rarely any team is rarely completely healthy. Yes, but I mean Jones, he's still. I mean it's it's early, but what we've seen the early returns on Jones have been very very good, and if he can continue this, I don't see him coming out of the lineup. All right, Oilers win 3-1 over Arizona. It's 10:38. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the goal light on the Oilers page on 630shed.com. That's courtesy Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cook right at your table. Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park. So the goal light means you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. But the Oilers have to score five or more for that to happen. Uh, I know Robert wants to talk about Miko Koskinen, but before we get to his call, why don't we hear from Koskinen, the winning goaltender tonight? We survived the first period after that. We, we take over the game, and it was a huge win for our, our crew. Um, this is a team that uh, has been going on a couple of slides, but you guys have also been very good at stretches at this, this time of the season. What kind of things can you build off of this game moving forward? Well, like we played the last two periods, we have to keep playing like that. Like every every game, doesn't matter what happened during the game, and we still have to rely on that that, that style of hockey. Uh, the top guys have been producing at a, an elite rate. Just maybe talk about the confidence when McDavid and Drysaddle are playing like the way they are. They're unbelievable players. They're creating chances like uh, shift after shift. So it's uh, it's fun to watch how they're playing, and uh, we need we need them every game. That's Miko Koskinen, 29 saves tonight, beaten only in the first period by Brad Richardson as the Oilers win 3-1 in Arizona. 7804960063. We have Robert standing by. Hey, Robert. Hey guys, how's it going? Quite well. Yeah, well, well, like you mentioned, I, I, I want to talk about Koskinen. and I thought, I thought he was good, like you, you guys touched on early in the game. I mean, I mean, especially in the first, being outshot sixteen-seven, they're only down one nothing. But again, like you guys had said, I, you know, if that's a San Jose or a Tampa or or another powerhouse, they're likely down three or three or four nothing, and the game's over. At Arizona, doesn't have the firepower to make that happen, but. But I know, but and I have, and, and I have. Uh, I also got a question regarding the top line. They're talking, saying the possibility that Chase on returns Saturday when they play LA. Now, if that's the case, considering Chase on's numbers, does Chase on go right back up to the first line and Cassian get moved back down, despite how good he looked tonight? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I think part of it'll be how healthy. Chase on is, um, and one thing that we've seen with Hitch, uh, Chase on could start on your fourth line, Cassian on your first, and halfway through the first period it could flip flop. So I would imagine Hitch. Hitch is like a lot of coaches nowadays; they got pairs, 
and Dreisaitl and McDavid are going to play together. And as the game progresses, Hitch is going to say, all right, who's got it tonight? If Cassian starts there and he plays well, we'll keep him. But the way also the Oilers, with penalty killing and power plays, you see a lot of different line combinations right after them. So I would suspect that at times you will see Cassian there. But I also believe, as you said, with the success that Chason's had there, I think you'll see him with getting some shifts also with McDavid and Dreisaitl. And uh, Gambardella comes out, Spooner comes out, probably Gambardella. Gambardella, yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, he does. I mean, they, they didn't, only played they did, seven minutes. The GM didn't make a trade for him. Right. The GM made a trade for Spooner. Spooner's not coming out unless there's more coming back in. Gambardella gets a, get, uh, did get some shifts in the third today, though. Yeah, the Oilers actually rolled, rolled four lines. I mean, considering he only played, what, five minutes tonight? Gambardella got up to seven tonight. Seven minutes, and, and Raddy, how many did he have? Oh, he had I ten. He had ten. And I, I think more of them was in the third period. They got two or three shifts in the third period. I thought Raddy looked fine on that line tonight. I think I think that's where Hitch is going to have him as a eight to ten minute a night guy. Raddy, unless there's injuries. But I thought Raddy looked fine. I thought as a whole, the, this was a much better desperation game by the Oilers role players. Oilers win 3-1 over Arizona. Two goals for McDavid, one for Dreisaitl. Just for some comparison's sake, Todd McClellan coached 20 games, went 9-10-1. The Oilers were outscored 66-57. Hitchcock now at 20 games, 10-8-2. And, and the Oilers have been outscored 61 61- 56. So they've basically scored the same and allowed five fewer goals. And I, I would say Hitch, Hitch has got better goaltending, and sometimes they've been a little more composed in closer games. Sometimes. You know, I, I think Hitch is finding the same warts that yeah. Todd McClellan found in this team. That's fair. Let's go back to Arizona. Here's Hitch as the Oilers win 3 1. I thought. First period, we uh, the odd man rushes. We were we were too aggressive on our forecheck, and they, we made one play and trapped three guys. So we kind of calmed down in the second. I thought we second period we played like we did in the Winnipeg game, and then the third period I thought we checked really really well, and you know we we played two really solid checking periods, and then the, the first period uh, we. We didn't get. Uh, we gave up five, five three on twos, and one two on one. Just and all the three on twos were that we didn't have the right read because they were just ripping it and beating us uh, with one pass. So once we calmed down a little bit, we played really well. You've had uh, well. There's often some change on the line with Leon Drysaddle and Connor McDavid, but the latest person is Zach Cassian, and he seemed to fit in very well. What kind of qualities does he have that makes you think that's a good combination? Well, I mean, it's one game, so he he played really well today, and the line played very well. But Zach Zach did what we needed him to do. He hung on to pucks. Uh, he kept pucks in the offensive zone. He kept pucks alive. And I said before when we went on the road trip, this line isn't going to get rush attack chances. That when you watch teams play up against them, they got three back all the time. There's no rush attacks, and he we got the one play because we made a great play on the exit but the rest of the time they had to grind and so you need size and weight and tenacity to do that and I just I thought this would be a good fit uh, you know Chase on's probably back in the LA game so I've got some options now and uh, you know I've, I've got some other things I can look at now I've got some 
some better options to work, but Zach, Zach was good. Ken, a four-game road trip, uh, all against divisional opponents. Maybe just talk about the importance of starting this road trip with the W and what it could mean for the club moving forward. Well, I'm looking at this like everything everybody's been through what we went through every team seems other than one team in the west everybody's been through this stuff and we just if once we come out of it now we're looking ahead and if we have a good road trip here uh we've got a great start if we have a good road trip we're going to come back right in the middle of the race again and then getting players back which is a good sign we start getting players back in la we're, we've been doing nothing but deleting and thank god Peter got us those two defensemen because they made a huge difference again tonight. Uh, you know, but now we start getting people back into the lineup. Now, now there's a chance by the time we finish this trip, we got two, three, four people back. That's a good sign. Uh, Con Connor and Leon. I mean, it's them. they're scoring all your goals, which is great. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's what it is, and yeah. and and you can win like that. But the other guys have to do their job. So the other guys got to make sure they don't get scored on. And what, what, what's happened in this streak is their scoring ratios have stayed the same. And, but, but we've not, we've been porous outside of that line and that's, that's, that hurts us. So if you're not scoring, as long as you break even, we're going to win the games. But when you're, we're not scoring, you know, and the secondary scoring and they're getting scored on, that's the big death knell. And that's what we've been dealt with. There's too many times, there's too many big minuses coming up with the back end of the lineup, and that has to be resolved. All right, there's Hitch. Some thoughts on the Oilers' 3-1 win over Arizona. He was asked about Zach Cassian, who played with McDavid and Dreisaitl tonight, got an assist, and that's our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. And we have Phil at 780-496-0063. Go ahead, Phil. Reed, Rob, how's it going? Quite well. Hey, uh, as I said uh, when I first called, uh, two things I want to talk about. One, one was Zach Cassian. Uh, most of the things that I was going to say about him have already been said by previous callers and by Hitchcock, but I'm going to say some stuff anyways. And the other thing that I'm going to touch on after that is uh, depth. Uh, with regards to Zach, you know what? I've always liked Zach. He might not be the best player in the league, but he shows up pretty much every game. They all have bad games. Um, one thing that he adds that, uh, to that first line is a little bit of muscle. And you start uh, putting Zach on that first line, and you're not going to see as much water skiing off of McDavid for fear of getting there while well, getting tuned, right? That's one thing. Um, Zach has proven that he can play on that top line. Now, with Chase on coming back, and uh, Hitchcock alluded to this a bit, um, now what do you do? Do you put Zach on number one line and put Chase on a number two with Pogliarvi and uh, Hopkins? N no. Chase on's a, a righty, so he won't play with Pogliarvi and Nuge. Eventually, okay. Chase on's going to eventually go back up with McDavid. The thing with Cassian, Cassian, Cassian has shown glimpses that he can play at that, le at that level with a first or a second line. But what we've seen in the past is he, he doesn't have consistency. And I think that's the biggest thing with Zach. Zach, uh, when he's on his game, can be in a very effective hockey player. And that's why the others went out and got him and what we saw a couple of years ago. But he doesn't have the consistency. And that's why he's moved from a couple different teams. Because they would think, oh, here we got this guy. Like Zach Cassian was a high draft pick that was expected to be not just a fourth-line plumber in the National Hockey League, 
but every time he's gotten his chance, he's shown it for you know a game or two or three, and then he's tailed off and tailed off big. And that's why in Hitchcock's press conference after the game, he, they said you got to like the way Zach looked tonight. And his first thing was, it's only one game because they've seen that with Zach before. Now, if Zach plays like he did tonight and does it consistently, you're going to see him up there and he's going to get big minutes. But he's got to prove he can do it more than one night. That's that's fair. Um, there was something I was going to mention about Zach here yet. Uh, oh, Hitchcock. Hitchcock, with regards to Zach and uh, and Kara, who put, he put on the first line last game, what I notice about Hitchcock is he seems to be a little older, a little wiser, and a little more patient and giving giving guys like Puyarvi more rope to uh, to to play with. Well, um, having said now, <laughs> so you got to watch two different things. You got to watch what Hitch says and what Hitch which Hitch does. Because Hitch does, he talks a big, a big game when it comes to Puyarvi, and he says all the right things. But I'd hazard a guess that Puyarvi was getting more ice time under Todd McClellan than he is under Ken Hitchcock. Tonight, again, it was only 12 minutes, I believe it was. Under, yeah, 12 minutes again. And that's probably par for the course, sometimes less. Puyarvi gets under Hitch than he, than he did under Todd. So, well, I mean, and, and, they, they, and Hitch understands. He, Hitch isn't dumb. And he knows that they need second-line scoring. And, I mean, tonight, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is playing on a second line. Uh, he started with one guy that had one goal and one guy that has two. And that's your second-line wingers, have three goals total. And that's who Ryan Nugent Hopkins has to play with. He knows Pugliarvi needs to be a better player. He's got to contribute offensively. The thing is with Pugliarvi, you're just not seeing... He's not get, it's not as though he's getting glorious chances and not burying them. He's not getting glorious chances. And that's the problem with, with Yessi. Now, hopefully he'll get there and he'll start to figure this game out. But Hitch, Hitch knows they need more out of him, and that's why he gets the minutes he gets. Thanks, Phil. Yeah. We got to run, buddy. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Oilers knock off the Coyotes three one. You will still hear from Zach Cassian, who gets the assist tonight, and oh, Scott in Boston up late again and giving us a call. Oilers hockey presented by Osmond Auction. It's Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line. Oilers hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line on Oilers Radio. 630 chance. They'll move it quickly to Chicken, and it's eventually set up ice for Nick Cousins. In over the line, drop pass, waiting, shooting, and a save made. Hit his throw once, twice, three times by Koskinen. There's Koskinen, save of the game. Jiffy Loop keeping you moving to and from the game. JiffyLoopService.ca. Koskinen stops 29. Edmonton wins 3-1 in Arizona. Other NHL action. Flames over the Red Wings 5-3. Canucks beat the Sens 4-3 in overtime. Penguins dump the Rangers 7-2. Stars outscore the Devils 5-4. San Jose holds off Colorado for a 5-4 win. And and the World Juniors tonight. Canada out 2-1 in overtime in the quarters against Finland, Switzerland shocks Sweden 2-0, United States beats the Czech Republic 3-1, and Russia is hammering Slovakia 8-1 with five minutes left. The scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options. Head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Didn't see Sweden and Canada both being out of the World Juniors before the semifinals start. That will be a huge shock to the organizers of this year's World Juniors. From the future, it's already January 3rd in Boston. Here's Scott. Hey, Scott, go ahead. What's up? Thank you guys for taking my call. What's up, guys? Just chilling out. 
right, cool. Yeah, so many points to t- touch on. I wish I knew how much time I had because I'd act accordingly. But, yeah, Finland big. Canada eliminated. That's big news. My friends don't get it down here in Boston. I do. That's huge. Scott, let That's me huge. ask you this. W- w- the, I'm not no, even pro- close to done with this call. Please don't cut me off. But well, I want to ask you a question, Scott. Hang on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Would, would the World Juniors move the needle at all in Boston? Are any hockey fans following this, following Team USA, or is it not on the radar? It's the... the Here's the hockey scene here in Boston. Not obviously nowhere near what it is in Canada, you know, which is why I love calling you. I have about eight friends listening right now. No, but the real hockey fans like me that played it, you know, like that's huge. We're like, oh my God, Canada's out. It looks like it's going to be a USA Russia final. No, you know, it'll be a USA Russia semifinal. Yeah, they play right away, man. They play the. Oh, they can't play in the finals. No, they play oh. each other first. They play in the semis. Excuse me. Which, I'm sorry, Rob. Which, Thank which, you, Thank which you. will be like the finals because the two best teams will be playing each other. Who, 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 who's in the other bracket to get in there? Finland versus Switzerland will be the other one. Well, here, Finland beat Canada. They can beat anybody. I don't know how it's the true. heck they pull it. I'm going to speak for you guys right now. I don't want to get booed off the air, but how the heck Canada losing to Finland? Come on, guys. Come it's a on. shock. You're right. It's a shock. All right, let's get on point, but I can't believe that loss. All right, let me stay on point. You ready? I got, yep. Do I get a minute at least? A minute? Uh, you got two minutes today, buddy. Two minutes? Yep. Oh, my God. I might talk about the weather, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, big <laughs> Rob Brown, I like you. What a great analyst you are. Thank you very All much, right. buddy. He's good. I mean that from my heart. I want to talk hockey with you sometime about playing with Mario, which is incredible. All right, here we go. On point. Big win tonight for the Oilers. Huge. Why? Because it puts them one game above 500. I'm going to tell you right now, if this team go, goes below 500, I'm going to call for people's heads. I'll call to fire Hitchcock, fire Shirelli. We had Shirelli here in Boston. You know what? We got rid of him because, can I say, I don't want to swear on the air, because no, he stinks. Don't swear. Cause he st- I won't swear. I would never do. Because <laughs> he stinks. The biggest problem with the Oilers just might be the general manager. Sorry if you're listening, Peter. He's, he's got nothing. Why do you think Boston get rid of him? We got plenty of money here. He, he doesn't have it. He doesn't have it. This team, if this team goes one game below 500, something's wrong. And they did it tonight. They won. They won game over now. Let me keep moving. You said I got two minutes. I truly believe that this team is a playoff team and can make some noise. I really believe that. Now, here's the genesis of my call. I've, been, I've said this before, so I don't want to beat it dead we beat a dead horse, but Connor McDavid's line, obviously him and Dreisaitl are awesome. That other wing, is, uh, it's an itch I can't scratch. Something's missing there. And it's not Nuge. When they put Nuge on that line, I want to jump off a building. Nuge is on the second line. He's creative. Give him size and speed. Great second line. I don't know what you put on that first line with him. I still say speed. And let me close with this. I know you're about to dump the call. I call radio here. I know how radio works. You're about to hit the dump button. Don't do it. (laughs) What they need, I'm going, if I was GM, hold on, let me close, let me close, let me close. I promise, 10 seconds. If I'm GM, if I'm Shirelli, who should be fired, he stinks, I'm going down to Bakersfield. Lucic, okay, we're tied into a contract. Sit on the bench. If we have to pay you the hell with it sit, sit on the bench let's pull out some kids that are hungry that kid what has he got tonight I looked at, he had no shots on goal even disgusting what's he make a year Lucic how much six disgusting disgusting how long are they tied into him for another four and a half years disgusting 
that's a cancer on this team. But you know what? If you're tied in, buy them out and sit them. Yeah, them. buy them yeah, out. Help. Well, they might. Yes, they might. But well, but buying them out, they got to pay them five million yeah. a year anyway, so Scott, they won't buy them out. Scott, you you were great tonight, buddy. We'll I'm talk. I'm not done. Hold on, I got I, more. Scott, I got to do the news at eleven. All right. But we'll get you next time. I love you guys. Thank you. Love you as well. That is Scott in Boston checking in tonight. Oilers win three one over Arizona. We will get Zach Cassian in after the eleven o'clock news because he was on that top line tonight. More time for you. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Oilers hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio six thirty ten. Back in the win column for the Edmonton Oilers, 3-1 over Arizona tonight. Connor McDavid, two goals. Leon Dreisaitl, the other goal. Brad Richardson scored for Arizona. Miko Koskinen, 29 saves to get the win. The Oilers go to 19-18-3 on the season. We're looking for somebody to finish the play, 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Calvin says, hey, guys, Scott in Boston, very entertaining. He's pretty hard on Shirelli, though the GM likely deserves it. We've seen two different coaches deploy players approximately the same way. Having said that, I'm not sure if the Oilers change the GM mid-season. That doesn't happen very often. That is a text to 630-630. Hey, he's right. It, I, I mean, I think right now, management, and I mean, when I say management, I mean Bob Nicholson, has to decide if Peter Shrelly is the guy he wants going forward. And I don't know if you can wait till the end of the season to completely make that decision because there's a trade deadline. And you've got to decide if going forward, if Peter Shrelly's my guy, well, fine. We'll let him go through the trade deadline. He's going to make us better. If you're iffy about it, if you're not positive about it, then you've got to decide, we've got a trade deadline. We either, A, have to make a decision before that, or, B, all decisions go through me as well. And I think that's what it's come down to because uh, that you do not want to be trading away assets if you ever have second thoughts about whether Peter Shrelly's your guy or not. I got, I got a message on... Uh Twitter here from the uh, Beer League Heroes account. <laughs> uh, Pooley Arby's ice time under Todd, 11.59 per game under Hitch, 12.15. Oh, so about the same. So both, now, the, the only difference is I think McClellan was fine with Pooley Arby going to the minors and Hitch said, let's bring him up and play him in the NHL. Well, I, Hitch, Hitch isn't dumb. He knows that they need secondary scoring and if you look at the ceiling, as we've had callers in the past use, or the potential, Pooley Yarvey uh, would probably have the most potential of the players that the Oilers have for being an offensive player. Uh, we haven't seen it yet at the National Hockey League level. Hitch hopes that he can pull it out of him. He's given him every opportunity. He's played uh, the last few games with Nuge, who's as good as anyone when it comes to playmaking. Uh, we just need to see more out of him. So, uh, I don't. I know Hitch talks a lot, and he wants him to be better. But Hitch also knows that uh, yes, he has some some warts in his game as well that uh, they need to knock out of him if he wants to be a consistent player at this level. All right, Zach Cassian gets an assist tonight. Back to Arizona. Here he is. Uh, yeah, it's definitely nice. We got down uh, by one early, but we regrouped. I thought uh, our second period was the best uh, best period of the night, but um, I think we checked very well tonight, um, and it was a big uh, big win against a tough uh, tough team, a tough building to come in, into. Uh, Hitch has often mentioned that this group is a resilient one. Now, would you say that was the best display of resiliency after that first period? 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, we were down by one. Um, we knew we had to be a little better, a little sharper. Um, we ended up doing that. We ended up getting pucks to the net. We ended up uh, creating a little more zone time, and uh, we got rewarded. Uh, talk about your performance on the top line. Uh, you chipped in with a pretty big assist, and uh, you looked pretty good, comfortable out there alongside 97 and 29. Yeah, well, they're, I've said it many times. They're two obviously great players. Obviously, my goal is just to go out there and, and, and win puck battles for them, skate, uh, skate create space, get to the net. Uh, tonight, we did a good job of that. This team can be streaky. Like, once you guys get it going, you just sort of keep it going. Do you get a sense with some guys maybe coming back Saturday that maybe you're reversing the flow? Yeah, definitely. That's the way our mindset is. Um, the streakiness, I don't know why we are so streaky, but that seems to be... Uh, be the recipe that's something we have to fix if we want to we want to have a strong second half but um we know we have it in here second uh we're, all, we're about the halfway point here and um we've uh, stapled the points that we need to improve on to to be a good hockey team and get into the playoffs and we're just going to chip away all right that is zach cassian oilers win 3-1 over arizona leo texting in says i don't trust peter shirelli to manage the team through the trade deadline. Having said that, I don't mind bringing in Manning and Petrovich. At least one of them should be able to help long-term. That is from uh, Leo to 630-630. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I thought, one, the Petrovich trade I liked. The Manning trade I was surprised by. All right. And uh, another texter says, uh, so appreciate Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I think Shirelli was stupid to trade both Hall and Eberle, but sure glad he hanged, hung on to the Nuge. He's become everything we were hoping for. Well, you're, you're right. Uh, Nuge has been fantastic. And his, his what would you say his point totals were right now? He's got almost point he's a game. He's just under, he's, what was it now, 36 points in... Four. Yeah, Nuge now has 36 points in 40 games. So he's just under a point a game. And, and think about, the, he, his, tonight his wingers had a combined three goals on the season. So yep. he's playing a lot of nights by himself offensively. And he's still been able to put up numbers. And defensively he's been fantastic. Penalty killing, he's been good. The power play, the little pass he play, he made tonight to uh, Leon Dreisettle in the slot. little behind the back pass that Leon up for a one-timer. Uh, Nuge has been... He's been outstanding for the Oilers this year, and uh, he's a guy that is a keeper for this organization. 3-1, the Oilers win it, finally ending that six-game losing streak. Hey, we're still looking for somebody to finish the play. We'll make it easy on you. 780-496-0063. Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. 3-1. The final Edmonton over Arizona tonight. Start of a four-game road trip for the Oilers. They will play at L.A. on Saturday along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Uh, Hammond is on the line. Hammond, are you ready to finish the play? I'm ready. All right, let's see what we have. Connor McDavid comes charging back into the offensive zone. Dry subtle to Nugent Hopkins. Shot off the post. And that is his favorite spot between the hash marks, and he had Hill beat. All right, I hope you're listening to that clip. I, I said it would make it easy tonight, Hammond, because we weren't getting any contestants. Who was in goal for Arizona tonight? Chico Resch or Aiden Hill? Aiden Hill. <laughs> Did you watch the game tonight? Yeah, I watched the game. It was an awesome game. Finally, we get a win. All right, hang on the line, okay? Okay. Chico Resch is a pretty good goalie, though. He was a really good goal center. He was a, I liked him. I got to meet him and get to know him after his career because he was a 
color guy for I think it was New Jersey. The Devils. Yeah, yeah I've I've had him on my show. A couple yeah, times. really, He's really nice. Really nice person. Really nice person. So yeah, I, I you always liked him when he played because of his name, Chico. You gotta yeah. love a guy named Chico. Glenn's his given name, right? I did not. Glenn, know that. I think Glenn Resch is his given. I think name. you're yeah. right. Yeah, I but it's Chico and. It just it was, he's a really really nice person once you get to know him. And what's interesting too, it's funny. A lot of ex goalies become analysts. We see John Garrett all mm-hmm. the time. Obviously, uh, Chico Resch. They're they're smaller guys. Yes. And it used to be, you know, it, it's a bit of a a bit of a generalization, but I think there is some truth to it. The the kid that didn't quite skate as well or mm-hmm. was smaller or wasn't as great an athlete, well, stick him in goal. Now. I mean, Aiden Hill is six foot six. He was the smaller of the two goalies today, because because Koskinen is six foot seven. Cam Talbot's six foot four. I mean, it, it. I think it evolved once Juan Brodeur became so great, and other goalies. Then you had kids who were the best athletes saying, "I want to play goal. I want no, to be the star." No, you're right. I mean, my first year in Pittsburgh, Pat Regan was our goalie, and he was, I don't know, five eight. 220. I mean, he's a short, fat guy. It was in that <laughs> terrible, terrible shape. He would smoke between periods. Uh, just, I'm like, Seriously? Uh, oh, God, it was awful. Like, I think he hurt himself walking to the bike, let alone getting on the bike. Um, but that's what it was like back then. And nowadays, a lot of these goaltenders, if you ever see them skate, they're, they're, they're as fast as half the guys on the team. Like, they are incredible athletes. And you're starting to see in hockey what you've seen in lacrosse for years. Put the big guy in net. It used to be you have the small, agile guy. Now we'll get the big guy, and there's less room for them to shoot at. I mean, they go to a lacrosse game. The goalies are bigger than the lacrosse nets, and now you're starting to see six, four, six, five, six, 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 seven goaltenders. It's hard to find a spot to shoot at when those guys are in front of you. Hamid going into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental, fast track indoor karting, safe adrenaline pumping fun. Fast track karting, Edmonton.com as he gets finished the play tonight. Oilers win three-one. Face-off trivia was won by Glenn. We don't think it was Glenn Chico Resch. How many games is the Oilers' longest winless streak in their history, which they will not break, at least on this run? 14 Ooh. Yeah, from October to November 1993. They, you didn't get overtime points then, so they were 0-13-1. They had a tie and 13 losses, a couple of which were in overtime. So Glenn goes into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 prepaid Visa gift card. Courtesy Alpine Credits. Homeowners get approved. Alpinecredits.ca. All right. Final call tonight's going to Jonathan. Hey, Jonathan. Oh, uh, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Oh, right on. Good. I just first, I just want to say I'm really happy that Zach Cassian got promoted to the first line because that guy's got some serious skills. He's a great skater, and it was it was fun watching him play with McDavid tonight. But uh, I'm calling because uh, like Torelli's uh, <clears throat> getting ripped a lot in in the nose and stuff and. I know, like, a lot of people are unhappy with a lot of the moves and stuff, but, uh, you know, this Oilers team that we're watching now, like, it's fun watching the Oilers game because you're seeing a lot of compete out of our best players. And a few years ago when Dallas Aikens was a coach and we had that team just before Torelli got here, we didn't see that compete out of the Oilers for a long time, right? And I know they're not scoring down on the third and fourth line. They're not getting the points. And we've seen teams like Winnipeg just come in here and their bottom line score. But the opposing teams, their bottom lines are going to get a chance to score when you're missing your top two defensemen and you're missing three out of your top five defensemen. And Torelli's getting ripped saying, like, they don't have any depth on their defense to cover for missing three out of the top five. 
But not many NHL clubs do. And before Torelli got here, we didn't really have a good defense. We had Ben Scrivens in that. And, you know, like, I, I, I think it would be a wrong move for Nicholson to, to get rid of Torelli this year, right? Like, like every move, every trade that was made this year, like especially bringing Keith Gretzky in, like they brought in Koskinen, which is a good surprise. Chazan's playing great. And just these past two games, and especially against Winnipeg, uh, Petrovic looked really good against Winnipeg. And, you know, they only gave up a third-round pick. And what are the odds a third-round pick becomes an everyday player in the NHL, right? So, Jonathan, that's, you know, a fair comment. And, I mean, I've most of my criticism for Shirelli is, is based on the forward depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but fair enough. And, I mean, if you look at this season, then the big – the big check marks would be Koskinen and Chason, as Jonathan mentioned. I yeah. mean, we got to be fair about it. No, they're, they're fair. I mean, and then yeah. the big the the mistake would be the Strom trade. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, so because, I mean, there, there yeah. are good and bad this year again with Shirelli. So, uh, no, there have been some additions that have been fantastic additions, and if Koskinen continues to do what he's done through most of this season, that's going to be a huge huge asset as we go forward, especially the way the Talbots played. And Alex Chason, it, who would have thought in September... Halfway through the season, we're sitting here... Waiting with bated breath to get Chason back in the lineup. And he's already topped the career high in goals. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's amazing how important he's become on a team that he wouldn't be here if Scotty Upshaw is healthy. Yeah. Uh, it, and I think he brings composure, too. Oh, I, I agree. I think the, the experience he's had in the National Hockey League just through his his age and, and the, the history he's had. Also with the fact that he won a Stanley Cup last year. There's a lot you learn playing with a bunch of winners for an entire season. And he's brought that to the team this year. Alright, thankfully the Oilers winners tonight. The six game losing streak is over 3-1. They beat the Arizona Coyotes. They're back at it on Saturday when they visit the Los Angeles Kings. Of course, we have that one for you on 6.30, Chad. 6.30 face-off show, game at 8. And then on Sunday, Oilers in Anaheim, 4.30 face-off show, game at 6. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Oilers hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You can get more on 630Ched.com. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line.